The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond! 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 Yeah! Hey! It has been too long. I have missed that. Oh hey my everybody. god, Jared Petty, the Reverend, in the building. Hey, I, I was gonna... Fine, yeah. Hi. Hi, what? Did I cut hey. you off? No, I was gonna introduce everybody, but the cat is out of the bag. Jared Petty's in the building, joining us. <sighs> the Robotnik is out of the Mean Bean Machine. I'll tell you what, it is so good to be back here. I have missed this. Although, I've noticed that since I've been away, you know, you're away from something for a while, you come back. Mm-hmm. I do detect a certain... Weird heat in this room. That's that true. wasn't here before. It has yeah. gotten warmer. Yeah, yeah. It's, weird. it's actually, weird it's actually frigid in here. I might put on my traveler's cloak later in the show. But you, in the meantime, like, Jared, thank you for doing the show. We uh, all of our all of our friends are gone. Yeah, uh, Every, everyone's at Dice Marty and Goldfarber oh, at Dice. That sounded uh, ominous. You're like, all of our friends are gone. Like, it's just like, wow. It's just like, wow. That's... No, I mean, this is so. This is one of those weeks when uh, we had President's Day yesterday, so we were off. Normally, record Beyond on Mondays, but we're recording on a Tuesday, and of course, it's a short week. Everyone's out of the office, and we're kind of scrambling to get a show together. So, uh, without further ado, Jared Petty, you're here. Well, Jared, if for some reason people don't know who you are, who are you? Uh, yeah, I'm a guy that talks about video games. Uh, you I used, you used to work at IGN. I used to work at IGN. I spent many years here. Uh, I really enjoyed my time here. At every now and then, drop into Beyond and uh, bother you guys, which I, I've always loved doing. But no, I uh, I make videos on the internet. Imagine that. Uh, I make something called Hot Blip and a Jump, which is a kind of a part documentary, part diary series. I actually just quit my job to make content full time, which is terrifying and exciting. And uh, frankly, I am blatantly here to shill. So no, um, you're doing great. You also, <laughs> but, I mean, you're, if if you were just like a guy selling hats on the street, I'd be like, no, you can't be on Beyond. But you know, you know your ish when it yeah. comes to video love, games, to PlayStation. I love video games, and yeah. and the series I'm doing right now is I don't think there's anything ever been anything quite like it before. Hot Blip and a Jump is is kind of a storytelling combined with a documentary series that's about how games change us and move us and how they're everything you love about video games is connected oh oh i didn't know this was going to happen it's me i'm a little animated yeah. man so if you're if you're listening to the audio of this you're probably very confused but if you're watching the video we're getting a little clip of the intro which is made by panda musk who's an it's old gorgeous. friend of the show yeah panda does uh, good work yeah and hop lip and a jump it's uh it, that's its own channel on youtube right now. it's own channel on youtube right now you okay. can find it there hop lip and a jump.com you can find it on youtube uh, you and, can find, and I'm on yeah. Twitter. Uh, and you your, can find me there. Your first episode is all about Mario, who's yeah. not on PlayStation. 
Yeah, it's all about Mario, but it's connected to PlayStation again. That, that's really what it's about. So it's the, a Nintendo show. There's no you can't no, talk about play- no way Nintendo centric, no way PlayStation centric, Xbox centric, or tablet. It is about how games interact with one another. It is about how really ultimately video gaming is one big game. About how when we boil it all down, it's really just about jumping over something that's trying to squash you. <laughs> there's a there's a Nas song called No Ideas Original um, that I think is a sort of reductive way of looking at the universe, but I think there's a positive way of understanding that instead of just sort of saying like it's impossible to pitch something that hasn't been done before there's that whole like simpsons did it mantra from that south park episode there is a connectivity to the sort of uh the way the video game industry operates in that you don't see you don't press a to jump in a modern playstation platforming game without understanding the decades in which that's built upon right you can't press a to jump on a playstation game anyway that's true. They spell A with a triangle. That's oh, a good yeah. point. They do spell A with a triangle. But I do think it's a story worth the telling. I, I, an a anyway. I think what you're talking about there, yes, that's a neat academic observation we're making here. But it goes deeper. It, this, The ways games are put together do end up affecting our lives, uh, not just in matters of joy, but in some very touching and profound ways. And that's also something I'm trying to, to get on. So I hope you'll give it a look uh, if you're listening or watching. Uh, if you have time, go take a look at uh, Hop, Lip, and a Jump. I think it's worth uh, worth yeah. your time. I believe in it enough that I just quit my my day job to make it. So that's I, a, I think that's, that's worth kind doing. of a, a hop blip and a leap of faith, right there. Yeah, so, it is. Uh, uh, so this is what's the YouTube URL? The YouTube just go to hopblipandajump dot com. That'll take you straight to, straight to the Patreon, or you can go to the YouTube, it's, which is H O P Hop B L I P A N D A J U M P dot com. That'll take you there, or hopblipjump.com will also wow. take you there. That's so either one. Well, you should have saved me back then. That you can do either one. And again, you can go to YouTube. It's on my Pockets Full of Soup channel. I do a, a podcast about uh, storytelling as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a confusing brand. Uh, so. I think I think brands have completely. <laughs> so what's cool is is as a as a brand on the internet, you'll be competing against algorithms that are made intentionally to bury your content, exactly, so that nobody sees things they actually want to. That's right. Um, but man, I love video games, and I'm excited yeah. to be here. Talking because I do love PlayStation and I'm excited to be here talking about PlayStation because I, I think PlayStation, all, all platforms, this is actually what our second episode is going to be about. All platforms bring unique strengths. Even the technical weaknesses of platforms have often led to stronger games, which is what we're going to talk about in episode two. Right. And each unique platform has its own character and identity that's reflected in its hardware, but even more in its software. I love the feel of PlayStation and the arc from PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 4. I really enjoy the unique way that they've chosen to make games. I agree. And I think they've done a really good job. We've talked about this on the show a lot before of sort of taking the last few years to kind of reflect on that. Yeah. Um, Between PSX, between uh, the special edition consoles and themes, between, um, you know, sort of all the commercials that kind of uh, like that bar commercial where they were like, these are all our characters to those like new PlayStation Amiibo thing we talked about. Um, They're doing a really good job of sort of saying like, Hey, wait a minute. Like we have an we have an army of nostalgia here. Yeah, we have yeah. we have fans, mm-hmm. we have fandom, we have uh characters that are cherished that that people have really loved for I decades. Mean, yeah, for instance, uh, I want to talk about this in a second. Uh Toy Fair was this last weekend and there's a ton of new Crash Bandicoot collectibles on display there, which is kind of almost seems like, oh, well why, I guess? I mean, but people do have that nostalgia for Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. We just got the uh the Insane trilogy. Uh, and there's a lot of kind of murmurs that we're going to see a new game entirely, Ooh. which seems Seems like a safe bet, honestly, mm-hmm. especially yeah. with the amount of stuff that's kind of trickling out about that. Um, but it's funny because it kind of, I feel like Crash, when he was introduced, was kind of like, it was sort of, oh, here's PlayStation's Mario. Here is the, here's the Sony Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Like, here mm-hmm. is, here yeah. is the mascot platformer. 
And, you know, he kind of was around. It was weird enough because he wasn't even – he eventually showed up on, you know, Game Boy Advance and stuff too. Sure. Because he's owned by Activision. But um, it's funny because people do have that nostalgia. There is that level of like, oh, that was like my – my first game for that mm-hmm. system. Like, and you have that attachment and I feel like Sony's always been kind of big on like pushing the hardware and, and really just kind of, uh, you know, staying in motion that they haven't stopped to rest on any laurels to be like, mm-hmm. Oh, remember crash bandicoot. But now they're like, eh, maybe I guess you can. Yeah. I mean, you have PlayStation all-stars and things like that, but even that's a fairly recent development in their mm-hmm. history compared to, to the arc of their, their storytelling. And Sony has other focuses, other foci. I don't know. What's the, what's the proper plural there? Focus. Okay. Uh, but, uh, foci. And, uh, I, I sure am feeling foci. All right. There we are. Well, moving on. That was a bad joke. Uh, um, I liked it, but we do those. Yeah. Here. They have some weird character. Think about their handhelds. I mean, Sony handhelds. We give Nintendo a lot of credit for making weird and wacky hardware, but Sony hand, they're like, no, we're going to do, we're going to put a, disc and a little plastic sleeve with a big motor in it well, and stick it on a big wide screen and we're gonna put one knob and then on you it. could shoot it at enemies well, so so the reason for that is that sony loves proprietary uh media they, they love do. they love to invent their own thing they, and it's because they had really really good luck with uh I mean, it was going back to like transistor radios back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were like, oh, and then also there's the, here's the CD, which they helped invent. And then they were like, let's do CD ROMs for video games. And then let's do memory stick duo. Let's do <laughs> VMUs. Let's do Vita memory cards. And everyone's like, please just stop. Don't yep. just use the thing. And yet Everyone even uses. that weirdness does kind of affect the direction that their hardware art takes and yeah. by extension their software. And I think well, that's fun. I mean, a game like Tearaway couldn't have existed until Vita happened. Right. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I love that because you look at, you look at, you know, kind of the, the legacy of, of Sony as a platform and like you, yeah. where, where is their Mario? Like, who is that? And it's like, well, they're, they've always been a hardware company mm-hmm. first and foremost. Whereas Nintendo is like, they're a toy company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what their background is. That of course they're like more fun and colorful. It's just the kind of where that I, is. I think they've, they've done a really great job of playing to their strengths over the last few years too. I mean, instead of saying like, where is their Mario? I would turn on my Nintendo Switch and be like, where is their Bloodborne? You yeah, know, yeah, like uh, where you know we'll, we'll talk about Metal Gear in a minute, but obviously that's that's a that's a franchise that was synonymous with PlayStation forever uh, until it wasn't. Until it wasn't, mm-hmm. yeah. And Crash Bandicoot's the same way, and I think that like um, the remaster sold well, and mm-hmm. I think the excitement around that character is still there. Uh, the audience who grew up with it is now old enough to make. You know, mm-hmm. reckless purchasing decisions. I would say, <laughs> yeah. the kind you know, the kind that Max and I cover our desks with. Yeah. Uh, so getting toys is awesome. Getting a new game is very likely. Yeah. Um, I think I think there's a lot of excitement. Um, yeah, the company NECA who does the did the Nathan Drake action figure and those Sackboy figures and has a God of War quarter scale figure coming out soon is doing three different Crash Bandicoots. Uh, there's also a company called Kid Robot that does kind of cool like urban vinyl type of stuff and they've got little like fig- little blind box figurines of Crash and friends uh, as well as some plushies and then there's this weird. Line Line of these figures that are made to hold controllers or tablets, and they oh. just look like these weird, like they look like. Uh, oh yeah, we have a Mario one yeah. of these in the office. It looks like a giant amiibo that's like begging for money. They look like they're asking for forgiveness, or they're going to get their like hands cut off in some kind of a ceremony. Uh, it's also <laughs> kind of odd to see like here's Crash Bandicoot holding a Nintendo Switch. All yeah, right. That's anyway, odd. I guess wow. he is coming to that. But uh, yeah, if you want this terrifying figurine to hold your things there you go he's doing the the he's doing the dbt technique willing hands there's a there's a therapeutic technique where you're supposed to hold your hands like that when you're really upset and it's supposed to make you feel better really it oh, looks really? exactly like huh. what he's doing right there well good good to know yeah wow that's um, amazing mm-hmm. so a uh, big huge thing that happened today sort of is that metal gear survive came out i think 
Really? Uh, yeah. So this game, sort of. Uh, yeah. So this is a game that requires a uh, constant online connection. Uh, <sighs> Chloe Red is at home for IGN, and I think she's reviewing it. Uh, mm-hmm. We, I think we were gonna try to. I think we're trying to stream it immediately after this. But again, the trick with this is that <laughs> everyone is trying to review this game right now, and no one actually can, um, despite being told that we could. And so what's happening here is that we are, and everyone playing it, is locked out of specific functionality that is not live yet, uh, 2018videogames.com. And <laughs> it's, I don't know if that's a real website. Uh, and we can't actually give you an accurate critical assessment of what this is. Mm-hmm. I have been cautiously optimistic about this from the jump because I love the gameplay of five. I believe all of us do, right? Um, and I don't know what this game is, you know, I mean, and I don't know yeah. when we can play it or when we when we can tell you what it is. Uh, this is obviously it's an online game, right? So it's going to live and breathe, well, and grow over time, hopefully. Yeah, but. you'd think so. It's also, I mean, it's it does have a single player component, which they seem to put a lot less of an emphasis on. Right. Uh, there was, I think, the store that you could buy uh, to do microtransactions with was online, but the actual game wasn't, which is kind of like a. Yeah, at this point, you just got to sort of shake your head at Konami. Uh, I went on, I went on Reddit to be like, oh, maybe there's somebody who's like collected like a thread of uh, reviews. There were no reviews on mm-hmm. launch day because, and again, I don't think this is a terrible game. I don't think this is a a fundamentally awful game. I think that it is a game that has been just hampered and crippled from the get go right. by bad business decisions from like a yeah, it's, know, tone deaf it's, publisher. It's the Cloverfield paradox of, of <laughs> the Metal Gear franchise, essentially. Yeah, I know? was I went into Kind of Funny Games Daily yesterday and. They were like, "Yeah, uh, survives coming out tomorrow," and we were all just kind of like, "Really?" I it, it, and the fact that that a, a, a room full of people that really care about video games well, yeah. are going yeah. really to, yeah. uh, to, uh, to pull a fast one on a bunch of people that work in the industry. I mean, like I we track this stuff. We've talked about this game for years now on this show, or mm-hmm. what yeah. feels like it. Uh, and we've gone, we've run the gamut of being like, you know, let's hold out hope to uh, maybe we shouldn't support this because Konami made terrible ethical decisions. To maybe we shouldn't punish the people who are working on this game currently because mm-hmm. maybe there's some cool stuff in it. The trailer we just showed right there had you not told me that was a Metal Gear game, I would have been like. This game looks really interesting. Like mm-hmm. it's a bunch of like it's it's stealth running gun army dudes like using sci-fi weaponry on weird glowing conehead red like it looks interesting, right? Yeah, it doesn't look That's like a good Metal Gear. Right yeah. there, what um, you just said. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Josh Nedich over in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond plug plug plug, said, Is Metal Gear Survive doomed out of the gate? Even if it is the best game ever, people will still hate it, right? This game just as a game that is coming out that has come out today. Uh, I, it just, everything sucks top to bottom. The game itself, I think is fine, but I think people are just so ready to hate it that nobody here wanted to review it because no matter what you give it, you're going to be either you're too lenient or you're, or you're, you know, I don't know, too mean or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't, I don't think there's any good answer. I don't think there's any good outcome. I think from the, from the get go, they should have just called it a Contra game. Yeah, if just they'd been like, oh, it's Contra Extreme. You'd be like, what on earth? I, I think at some yeah. point you've got to be able to make another Metal Gear game. I, I'm, I want this game to be good. I think generally all of us sitting at this table want games that come out to be good. I want every and game to be great. Exactly. I mean, that sucks for wallets, right? Yeah, that's the only thing that really gets hurt in a situation like that. But I, in a I, utopia, there are no bad games ever again. So I want this game to be good. Um, I have no idea if it is or isn't. I know there's going to be some baggage with Metal Gear. I do think people tend to gravitate toward bad or toward good games as long as they're shown that they're good mm-hmm. uh, as long as people like you and other places and, and people on YouTube are out there showing other friends are giving word of mouth or, or they actually give it an honest try that they tend to gravitate toward good games even when they're predisposed not to like them so if a if Konami releases a good Metal Gear game I mean don't we all want 
a good Metal Gear game again well, of someday? Course, of course yes, we do. but I also want to hurt Konami because they they were mean to Kojima. That's mm-hmm. Metal Gear. Yeah, they were mean to Kojima. Uh, I, I think I, mean, that I, say, some... I say that half sarcastically, but that is where a lot of people are coming from. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. It, for all, all the joy this game might bring me is half of what that tweet of Kojima holding up like this Photoshop cup that said Konami Tears. Like yeah. that's that's I love that. That's a great revenge story effectively mm-hmm. right I, I mean the thing is here is that we as whatever journalists in quotes or reviewers critics all that all that all that garbage conflated together uh we do have to come into these scenarios sort of objectively right and we do have to judge the game mm-hmm. for what it is attempting to do and succeeding and failing in that attempt that is yeah. effectively the way video game reviews work mm-hmm. right uh we sit down we don't go this is a 10 out of 10 oh we uh, now it's a 9 out of 10 now it's an 8 out of 10 we don't do that that's not what you know, normal. Yeah, and also, yeah. if this game didn't say Metal Gear on it, like w- again, what? How would people approach it? Would we would be would we be talking about it? I feel right. like we probably wouldn't. It's yeah. a forty dollar game about like muddy military men fighting the zombies in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it, you're right. I yeah. think it, I think it's the thing is for me, it's it's like ten percent weird. And if it was thirty percent weird, <laughs> you and I would be talking about this every week. But because it's just – it's not weird enough to be as weird as the great Metal Gear games are. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen any like you know, uh, like purple helicopters blasting David Bowie and Fultoning Sheep and stuff. Maybe that stuff's in there. But that game was just weird enough that it constantly kept me going, right? Uh, and plus the gameplay, gameplay was fantastic. And, yeah. and I do want to live in a world where whether this game succeeds or not, whether this game is good or not. And then from what I've seen, I'm not optimistic right now. But I want to live in a world where a Metal Gear 6 happens and where the franchise is handed over to another young, brilliant mind. Uh, And whoever they are, whoever that person is, they come in with a love for the property, a love for its lore and its history. And they're allowed by the developer and the publisher to do that, to make it what they want it to be. I think uh, I think I'd that person that. is doomed, though, right? Mm-hmm. I think that like the this the toxicity around the Kojima departure and the subsequent responses from Konami blocking him from going to the Game Awards, actively stopping their current employees from having great health care, uh, all of that mixed in with the fact that they made some of the best looking Metal Gear cutscenes ever and shoved them in a pachinko machine, <laughs> and then kicked this thing out to no you know to no fanfare whatsoever is just a bad. It's a bad way of, of steering the conversation about what is a beloved franchise that should and could live on forever in the hearts and minds of future video game developers. I, I think that right now you're probably right. But I do think – and I'm, I'm repeating myself a little here from something I said on another show earlier. That's OK. Remember, remember this in video games uh, that memories can be kind of short. What I mean, remember a year ago when, when – to take us out of PlayStation for a second? Remember yep. when Switch was going to fail? Yeah. Remember when everybody just knew Switch was going to fail? Mm-hmm. And here we sit a year I, later I, with it, the fastest selling console, three of the best games of the last year on it. Right. No, no. I On this very show, we got a question from somebody that I answered about what do you think about Nintendo Switch? And I was like, here's all my concerns as a hardcore longtime Nintendo fan. And then they solved most of those out the gate. And the system still has its issues. But, I mean, ultimately – we're okay with all of that, right? Exactly. And so we have that. A let me, year, let me ask year, you this oh, question. Sorry. No, let me ask you this question to double down on what you're saying here. Um, I'll ask I'll ask you guys both this, and you tell me what your immediate response is. Uh, next year, they're rebooting Ghostbusters again. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd, I'd watch another Ghostbusters reboot. Would you? Absolutely. Okay, so everyone's totally calm about that. Yeah, I'm I, don't, I don't want to talk about Ghostbusters. See? No, <laughs> See? no I'd watch another Ghostbusters Well, because yeah. this is like, all right, I brought up the Cloverfield Paradox, which is like a movie that just appeared out of nowhere that was fine. It was okay. You know, it's borderline not great. Well, if you tell me it's Ghostbusters with Paul W.S. Anderson, I'm going to be like, no. But let's say you said it's Ghostbusters and it's going to be helmed by Guillermo del Toro. Right. I'd be like, 
I'd watch that. Okay, I would you know? too. Well, that's what I'm thinking about for Metal Gear. When we talk about Switch, you know, a year ago, Switch was going to fail. Right now, Metal Gear can't possibly make a good new game. So who a makes, year who makes from a now, new game? Then? If you get an exceptional person attached to a Metal Gear project, maybe so. Or someone we've never heard of. Who's enough. the video game Guillermo del Toro? Is it Suda 5 1? Uh, I think it's Kojima, wow. actually. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kojima to do a Metal Gear game again? Yeah, yeah. I think oh, Guillermo del Toro, the video game Guillermo del Toro is in. Is, yeah, in I, I picked exactly <laughs> the wrong director to go to. Wow. That, I, I could not have muddled this metaphor or this no no no. i think you're doing good i mean and i don't think it has to be an artur it could just be somebody young miyazaki maybe or not even young maybe it's not a name that's the other bet i mean that's maybe it's just somebody you look you ever just watched a preview for something you're completely uninterested in Mm -hmm. and then 60 seconds later go wow i remember i'm an old man i remember sitting in a movie theater when nobody had knew what the matrix was and watching a trailer and going from keanu reeves is that goofy guy from bill and ted and parenthood to I have to see this movie. Sure. I don't know yeah. what this is, but this looks amazing. If a Metal Gear trailer like that came out, I'd be intrigued. Right. But the problem is seeing the trailer for The Matrix for the first time and being like, I don't know what this is. No matter what, if it says Metal Gear on the front of it, you're going to have an idea of what it should be. And it might not be a very specific thing, but you're going in with some kind of preconceived notion about what this game is. And right. unfortunately, Metal Gear Survive seems like it's pretty far off the mark from anything people picture when they think Metal Gear. That's that's the thing. We're, we're, I'm jumping out into hypotheticals. I, I yeah. Coming back around, I don't want to I mean, raise expectations. Would, the fact is I am not hot on this. I, I haven't seen a lot that I makes me want to play it. Totally fine if they just had done like a victory lap type of thing and they were like, hey, we took some of the most iconic areas from the entire Metal Gear series and we dumped them into Fox Engine. Now you can relive your favorite memories from the tanker levels in Metal Gear Solid 2 right. or Shadow Moses. Go, you know, turn you loose and just, you know, maybe make it like a time attack well, thing. Well, that, that's a really good sort of like fan nostalgia play mm-hmm. and I'm kind of shocked they haven't done anything like that. Um, this is the perfect time to sort of be like, Hey, to get back in the good graces of the audience, here's a collection of classics remastered or something. Like Metal Gear Complete, one and, through five. Yes, they're, re- exactly. Shadow of the Colossus yeah. style. Exactly. Beautiful. So cool. yeah. um, Fox. And maybe we'll see that. There are rumors that we're going to see something like that. It could also just be an upscaled version of the HD collection yeah. from last gen. Well, so ultimately, reviews being late, uh, you know, uh, the online servers not being up and everything, all of that is water under the bridge. Video games are business. Konami <laughs> is a business. And... This game has to perform well, and I do not I – especially with the fact that literally nobody I know can tell me that this game was coming out today. I do not see this game tracking well in the MPD. I don't even see it cracking top – I don't even think it will crack top seven, maybe even top ten. I will actually make a bold move and just say it won't even crack top ten, Okay, and which let- is crazy because it's multi-platform, and it's based on one how of do the- you, How do you think it's going to do critically? I think it will hover around the 60s, 70s tops. Yeah. yeah. And I would love to be wrong. I would love to see this game be excellent. Mm-hmm. And then for the word of mouth to get out and for the franchise to be saved, I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Unless you guys text me a week from now and go, you have to play this game. Yeah. I'm not going to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that is where I am right now. And it's not because of any ideological thing. It's just, I got stuff to play right now. Yeah. And I need a good reason to have friends call and say, no, this is great. You need to jump right in. Well, that's the thing. And I think Max just, just hinted at it, right? Like ethical reasons aside, which is a pretty big aside. Uh, no one's really like this game it has this gameplay that you have to do this, this, and this. This is a game of the year contender. This, you know, rip mm-hmm. Shadow of the Colossus out of your PS4. Play everything <laughs> that you're playing in there right now. Get rid of it. It's time for Metal Gear Survive. What if it's all just Monster Hunter DLC? It's a it's a secret collaboration between Konami and Capcom, and it's actually just a giant Monster Hunter deal. All right, rain, just, it, rain just, it in, rain it in. I just want a new Castlevania game. Fan you know? I want a new Castlevania. I was game. playing a Castlevania Hurst. game in, in the Fox Engine. Oh, wow. yeah. Or yeah. we're gonna get Bloodstained this year, right? Is that this year? 
No, no one knows. That's right. not a Konami yeah. game. That's not. That's, no, it's uh, not. But we're still going to get it. Anyway, yeah. I still don't know if that's going to be like the mighty number no. nine of Castlevania. Uh, anyway, what I played was fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Uh, something announced today. I, I guess it was today. Burnout Paradise is getting a remaster. That's coming out next month. Mm-hmm. That was kind of out of the blue. Um, well, um, this has been like leaked in like Amazon France uh, like listings for a couple mm-hmm. weeks now. So I think it was all but confirmed that something like this was happening the anniversary of the game just passed um but it's cool we have official confirmation that this game is coming to next gen platforms cool and people like it because you got the cars and you go around and do stuff i so here's the thing is i never screwed with burnout a whole lot um people always told me that i would love it because they're like it's like motor storm but everyone else actually plays it and i was like oh yeah interesting um but yeah i mean this seems like a good time isn't it like burnout revenge is the one that people are really crazy for and then People like this one too. Or? Yeah, I mean, I it's weird because people play these games as racing games. I don't. I I like these games when they focus on you know hundred car pileups and sure. and like smash and wreck the car modes and all like chaos. I play these games for chaos. If I wanted to play like a driving sim, I would play those. Uh, I'm here to destroy the vehicles. Mm, and so I you do can, hate the car. I do do. I I I hate these cars and I just want them hurt. I hate that bike. I hate that Ghostbusters car. I want to break them all. All right. So, yeah, uh, you'll, you'll be able to play this soon and wreck oh, cool. the cars or do the races. Cool. So, uh, speaking of big anniversaries, uh, the PS4 was announced five years ago today. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a huge thing. That's a humongous deal. It was yeah. that, uh, that nice boy, uh, Mark Cerny, right? That's right. Mark Cerny. Mark Cerny, Mark Cerny? Uh, apparently uh, had been working on the console for five years already at the time. Oh, creator of Marble Madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Also creator of Knack. That's Knack when they revealed Knack, Knack too. too. Oh, yeah. oh um, is it, was this when they this revealed was at Knack? The big, this was at the big, big thing. When Knack, Knack was inflicted on the world that day. Uh, let's see. They showed off. Uh, they showed off the controller. Okay. Which was, and they really, they, they there were a couple of things that are noticeably kind of off from where the how the PS4 actually went. They they talked about the Vita interacting with it. Mm-hmm. They were still very much trying to be like, yeah, the Vita, mm-hmm. and they were like, check it out. We got a touchpad on the on the controller. Mm-hmm. We don't use that for anything. No, I mean, there's remote play, which I think a lot of people uh, enjoyed, but then having to use the shoulder buttons on like the weird rear touch. No, no, no. I mean, the touchpad on the. Oh, the touchpad itself. I thought you were talking about the Vita. No, no, no. Like the front touch screen, you mean? No, I mean, the The thing you use as a start button, basically. The the PS4's touchpad, in terms of like fanfare and hurrah going into the launch, is kind of up there with the Kinect in terms of this gen's kind of. By the wayside tech, I was, um, which is too bad because I like it. Way less intrusive. I mean, it's fine. way less intrusive. It's always just sort of. I feel like it's more surprising when it gets used for something mm-hmm. like in, nowadays. In, yeah, in yeah. in The Witcher Three, I think it's like if you swipe up, it automatically opens up your map. Like mm-hmm. basically, they made it. They made uh, you know swipe gestures to replace hotkeys or yeah. whatever, yeah. which is cool. And then there's some games where you can use it to wiggle around the map. But I always like I'll do that by accident. I'll be like, oh neat, and then I'll play with it for. 15 seconds yeah mm-hmm. and then i'll move on and just treat it like a button the rest of the time i still use it to input uh input letters and numbers. oh do you do that yeah you do the whole i do letter? i do okay. the like do, do, do i still love to do that it just mm. feels good to me i like the tactile feeling on my fingertips i know it's useless but i okay. love it fair enough yeah that, that actually is a that's a good use yeah oh, honestly because um, you end up doing that a decent amount on the store and such yeah. but yeah it's, it's really kind of funny to think back like the ps4 has been wonderful it's mm-hmm. been a wonder this oh. has been a great console generation i especially love the ps4 uh, I feel like a lot of the the stuff that it does really well has been really kind of simple quality of life and uh, just basic sort of infrastructure things. It's it, weird because I went back to sort of celebrate this anniversary because PlayStation um, 
put out a official blog talking to a bunch of the developers who were there, who were part of that. Um, guys like Nate Fox and Mark Cerny, who were sort of like, we were really excited about this and it's really cool to reflect on it. Then I went and read, um, what people uh, were saying that day on the press side and overwhelmingly, like, it's cool to look back with sort of rose tinted goggles and go like, Hey, this is really, you know, this is a beautiful time to find out the name of the console, which is like really funny that we had a big day to be like, it's named the, well, it was, the new number. We thought it was going to be called the Orbis. Yeah, exactly. Um, but most of the press was like, we flew to New York for this. Like, mm-hmm. this is awesome, but there's nothing really here. We got a couple of details like, Di- uh, what was it? Diablo 3 was announced. Mm-hmm. We found out Watch Dogs was being ported. We found out about a new infamous game in Killzone, which was awesome. We didn't get to really see a ton of them in motion. And they talked a lot about the system architecture and what it could do, but didn't really actually show a lot of that off. I think what was important, though, was that they, they did focus a lot. Uh, we forget now that the PlayStation 4 was an act of repentance yeah. on the part of PlayStation. The PS3 was an overpriced, overdesigned machine that was designed that was created to be a multimedia center for your home. I mean, that was the angle they pushed, and it it between the internal architecture, which made it hard to develop games on it, mm-hmm. especially early in the generation, and the fact that it kind of lacked focus. It it really allowed uh, PlayStation to, to be leapfrogged by Microsoft for that generation for a while. Be, yeah, for a for while. A while. Yeah, I mean, for several years. But that while was long. It was long, and there was there was a time where 360 was the leading platform in conversations that gen um but ps3 kept trucking and i think it got to a price point where people were really happy with it oh yeah um it became something that uh they redesigned it a bunch of times it didn't look like a like a, a pillow made of stone <laughs> oh no no i love the ps3 this isn't trashing no that, no but, totally. it, but their that no, launch I mean, and not just the launch but a couple years after that launch was a night no i mean they shot them. it out of the sky by coming out and saying 599 us dollars yep. yeah was, but know? the ps4 was yeah. Everything that was not. Yes, it was like, yeah. you know, this is a thing you play games on. And yep. it set the stage for the current generation that we're in because this has been a... Well, then Microsoft was like, we have a $500 all-in-one entertainment con... And everyone's like, what are you doing? They're like, yeah. the Kinect comes attached to it. And you're like, oh, you have God. to use the camera to watch the talk to the movies and you can't give anything to your friends. Yeah. And Sony was like, this what this set up, you know, February five years ago, yeah. was this set up June Yep. Five years ago, which was the E3 where they walked out and they were just like, uh, we're taking your lunch money. <laughs> yep. Come on out here, independent developers. And think yep. about how that's affected the, the direction that things like Switch have taken yep. since. And, and I mean, and the fact that the, the PlayStation is, is wildly succeeding and maybe beyond Sony's uh, dreams yeah. at this point. I mean, the, it's just a great place to play, go play video games. Mm-hmm. I love that hardware. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, hardware. I mean, even the tail end of the PS3, I think Sony's always kind of triumphed toward the end of, of a, a console's life cycle because they don't get, uh, like they don't, they, they get, they don't get stingy. They're pretty good with price cuts. Yeah. Um, and then there's this library in place. In the case of the PS3, that's when PlayStation Plus was rolled out. And right. it's like, hey, uh, you get a free game every month on this thing that you you're paying for to do. I don't know multiplayer anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, that's that's a pretty cool deal, you know. No, it's like it's really fantastic to reflect on this console and think about some somebody like Mark Cerny who's been working on the PS4 mm-hmm. for a, a full decade. Uh, and I was thinking about this this morning, actually. When I wake up in my apartment or when I come home from work, it's either first thing in the morning or right when I walk in the door. Uh, every single time this happens, I walk through my living room, past my big TV, and I have my PS4 controller on my coffee table, and I hit the little home button on it, and I hear that beep. 
and mm-hmm. it turns on. And I jump in and I play like Bloodborne for 10 minutes or I like I, I get my daily thing in Battlefront or I go in on the store and I download some stuff or I check the the free games on PS Plus. I, it's just part of my routine of like waking up to go make my coffee. I walk by that controller. I turn it on. I use the it, PS4, yeah. I use it constantly. I use yeah. it con- it also, is such so, an integral part of my home entertainment experience. It's also – it's so great because you can – like the I, stuff like cloud saves yep. is so mm-hmm. like – like I, I will, I'll be playing a game at the PS4 or desk, and I'll be like, "Oh, it's time to go home now," or, or whatever. I got to go do something else, and I'll just upload to cloud. And then when I get home, I'm just like, "Oh, download," and then there it is. Yep. And, uh, and the fact you can suspend stuff, like if I went home right now and turned on my PS4 or just or woke it up or whatever, it'd be I'd be sitting there in, in Yakuza, and Kiryu would just be like checking his watch and smoking a cigarette. And it's yep. like the fact that it's like it's still there. And I don't have to just start it up from the ground up. And and those are the those are the little things this generation I think are are like truly understated that Sony's done such a great mm-hmm. job of doing. Oh, yeah. The entire yeah. design philosophy seems to be how do we enable people to play whatever games they want as quickly and easily as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that that it is a tool for doing that, mm-hmm. big or small, indie or AAA. It is great for playing games. Yeah. yeah. I remember being pretty optimistic about the PS4 going in. Same. And yeah. Well, because I think that like um, – and we just alluded to it a minute ago, but I think that the uh, the PS3 ended really strong. Yeah. You know? It uh, and it's – it's you get a lot of – there's a lot of like – it's sort of weird because the last year or two in a video game console life cycle is always odd because it's kind of make it or break it, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can walk away with a couple of really great swan songs that historically don't sell super well but kind of leave a good taste in your mouth. Or it's sort of just like peters off and dies, mm-hmm. um, which I, we've seen a lot with consoles uh, where you're just kind of like, what's – what? why do I still have this? Mm-hmm. And your last thought. The last taste in your mouth of the system is dragging it into GameStop and being like, eh, $14, I guess. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, like, the PS2 ended with uh, GTA San Andreas and yeah. Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. The PS4 ended with GTA 5 and uh, what else? Uh, last of Us. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, you know, uh, carried over the car- bridged the gap to the to the next generation. Um, and I think we're going to see the same thing with the PS4 to PS5. I don't think the PS4 is going to end with a whimper like some other consoles do. I think that's the really the great thing about having that much of a impact on on the retail market. Yeah. And that giant of a massive of a user, a user base there. I think that's one thing Sony's pulled off that's probably very unique for the company in the history of the medium is that that from PS1 to PS4. All their home consoles have ended strongly. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think, unprecedented. I'd like to sit and do the math. But. That's so nice. It is so nice. I mean, you look at some of the other consoles, and that doesn't really, like, I, I don't know. I cover Nintendo a lot here, and a lot oh. of their consoles are just sort of like, oh, no, we we stopped last year. No, Su- like, Suda, got the, you go? Suda got the name for his game, Let It Die, from Nintendo's view on con- <laughs> late, late console cycles. <laughs> Nintendo, that's what they do. They make something great, and then... You know a Nintendo console's dead when they just so oh, dead. Right. Yeah. We don't we don't make games for this. What are you talking about? Yep. So that thing? What's that? Mm-hmm. Cole Jameson Allen over in our Facebook group said, What do you think happened to the twenty dollar greatest hits line that we saw with other Sony platforms? We see price drops on games, but not consistent pricing or change in packaging. Yeah, that sucks. Hmm. I feel like that's something that I mean, it's weird because you could write a list of things that I'm nostalgic for around the video game industry that are just like sort of bells and whistles. They're not even really yeah. big sweeping things. But like that along with like manuals and game demos are just like little things that made the world a little bit well, better. Well, there's a couple things here. One is the shift to digital yeah. where yeah. If, you're, if you're late to the party and then – I mean also I, I always hated that if you got the greatest hits, you were like, oh, you were late. 
you jumped on that late. Really? Oh, you got the stripe. It's yeah. like, oh, you got the you got the poor kids one, you know. Like, mm-hmm. And I think I had like a oh. copy of, and they had, they would be like in a red a red box instead of a, a clear one or whatever. Uh, I mean, they had you know. Just like oh God, yeah, I know. I um my my friend and I were collecting like PS2 and GameCube games in college, and the PS2 red stripe ones, and then the yellow. Uh, on the GameCube was just like I like I I screwed up and traded in Luigi's Mansion and then bought it again a couple years later and it was just like this it was just like a giant butterfly sitting on yeah. my shelf. <laughs> really, that never yeah. bothered me. I I I'm a bargain shopper though. I'm yeah. cheap, so I'm just like yeah. no, sometimes nice I'll just price. wait for something. Yeah, just nice um, price. But well, yeah, twenty dollar games. Who doesn't love that? Right. So there's another thing to consider is that when that sort of platform of like of you know PlayStation greatest hits was unveiled, games cost fifty or sixty bucks. Period. Mm-hmm. You didn't have games that launched at twenty bucks or thirty bucks. You know, like that was incredibly unusual. Right. I feel like, and now it's like I don't know. We've got games that launch on PlayStation Plus, like like Ali Ali Two was like, hey, here's a new, here's a brand new game. It's free. You already own it, whether you want it or not. Rocket League, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rocket League, which now I I just saw at Toy Fair, they're making uh Hot, like Wheels. Hot Wheels sets, like, and it's just so cool to see because like, which is uh, Dunham's been on the show. He yeah. created this show, yep. and like he's off doing his thing. It's amazing. Um, no, I I I really miss this line, and Max, I think you just hinted at it. I wonder if like the digital ecosystem has screwed that up for people mm. because people can kind of say to themselves like, oh, I really want that game, and instead of being in a store and being like, oh, twenty dollars, they'll just jump on the on the shop mm-hmm. on the PlayStation Store and be like, uh, thirty bucks, but I don't have to get in my car. Yeah. <laughs> My car stinks. I must just. I hate the car. I spilled water in it like a year ago, and it's it smells like socks. I, I'm I have to pre- go out on my insulated. porch. There's that moth there. <laughs> yeah, I'm insulated from that by car. like by cheapness. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I'm probably the wrong person. We to frequently on get like update. sales that are like, oh, it's it's a PlayStation anniversary sale, and you're like, I don't know what time of year it is. I guess I'll click on this, and you look at it. Yeah. I kind of wish there was a just a, a a section of the store that was like greatest hits, and it was just that was. Mm where stuff lived and it would be maybe a flat price there or it yeah. was always cheap or something but at the same time we get free free games every month so like I actually think it's it's inc- it's extraordinary mm-hmm. that digital games do so well despite the constant struggle it is to navigate literally any any shop uh let alone Sony's because on PS4 you know while we're talking about how great the system is and how much I love it <laughs> we complain about this a lot like there is no section like that right it's hard to really find like these are and I don't know who builds that but get somebody at Sony to be like the top 25 PS4 games take our damn list I don't care <laughs> we make it every year make a section on the store that says like these are the must buy they had a sale the other day that was just like like the must buy games and it had like a bunch of stuff in there I was like uh, not really. Not that one. Not that game. Not so much. Not you know? not so much for that. No, no, not really so much. I'm I'm not going to call any games out specifically. <laughs> mm. But not so much. N- that. Not not NAC two. Not so much NAC. I wouldn't really say NAC two is like in the top twenty five PS4 games, or the top one hundred. Oh, that's right. That game came out. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, See, so yeah, other thing was also we have free games now. Like it's kind of crazy that you're like you go in the store and it's just like, hey, there's a whole section of here's this, yeah. Warframe. Like. People love that game. It's just if you want to go play a game and, and screw around online, like there are free to play games that are instantly accessible and you're like, that's it. I just I get in there and I play it. I think yeah. um it's a incredibly smart business model too. I, I find it like baffling on something like iPhone. Like I've talked about this before, but I remember <laughs> like walking by somebody in first class who's got like who had an iPad Pro and was playing a game with ads and it was like, Oh, you'll spend like eleven hundred dollars on a tablet. But you won't spend a dollar ninety nine on the version. That's so weird. PS4 getting cheaper every single day. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I hate people. Like, and you're in first um, class. Give me. I want to be that dumb with money. Um, 
so PS4, I think people get one for a couple hundred bucks now and they jump on it and they're like, that was expensive or I got it as a gift for Christmas. And they, there's a whole section of free games. Yeah. And they'll go in and they'll be like, oh, I'll spend $4 on these goblin ears for this man that I got for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we haven't talked about PlayStation VR on here in a while. Right. Um, Ooh. one of the problems with, with PlayStation VR is that you have to, you kind of have to set it up. You got to move your furniture around. You got to like mm-hmm. calibrate stuff and you got to put a thing on your head. And that's a little bit more than just pushing the home button and picking up a controller. Yeah. Um, I had some uninterrupted time yesterday to go exploring in virtual reality. Ooh. And I got to jump on a very weird uh, free-to-play game that is, wonderfully enough, cross-platform. Oh. Uh, it's called Rec Room. I think I've, I've mentioned it before, but I got to really actually kind of go in the deep end a little bit. And I had an in- incredibly strange time. Um, so this is a free-to-play game where basically it's just – it's kind of like Wii Sports, uh, but in VR. You've got these kind of like – these like me type characters you make and you start out in your sort of dormitory, you do character customization. Uh, I think it's all free to play and that you can unlock uh, tokens to uh, buy cosmetic items. Uh, but people really just use it as kind of a place to hang out. There's mm-hmm. laser tag, there's paintball, there's, uh, I don't know, ping pong, racquetball nonsense. These men look um, like melted Playmobil toys. I don't like oh. how they look, but you quickly kind of forget about that sure. when you're actually oh. screwing around in there. So I jumped in here and I was like, you know what? The thing about this also is, is everybody has their chat, their mics on. Yeah. It's all, it's all like, it's all locative. So like if you're standing next to somebody, they hear you very clearly. But if you go 10 feet away, they're suddenly quiet, which oh. I, I, something I love in games. Uh, so, I, uh, I decided just, I want to, I was like, I kind of want to just make a friend in virtual reality. Like there's this feeling of like jumping into a chat. And I, I had that same weird feeling of like, this is, uh, I'm like, I'm kind of going out into open water here. Like uh-huh. I did going into a Ooh. chat room in like in, you know, 1997 or whatever. Uh, but I jumped in this place and there's kind of this main sort of rec room area, which is kind of like a hub. People are just hanging out. There's, uh, fake soda machines everywhere and you can just pick up a bottle of water and hold it over your head and it'll drop these little fake water and it'll go glug, 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 glug. Do you drink it or just pour it on your you head? You can like pour it on your face and it'll go glug, 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 and, and you can go up to other people. Like I went up to somebody and I was like, I'm going to make you very wet and I like poured it on him and, and he was like, hey man, what are you doing? Um, and I love really that your weird. own personal Black Mirror episode is beginning right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. so I was kind of hanging out here and what's really strange is is everyone looks like these melted Playmobil figurines. Right. But um, you can't really tell how old people are unless you listen to them talking. Uh, and I was in this area with, I'm guessing, a very young child, uh, an incredibly foul-mouthed teenager, and then this southern gentleman who was kind of like lecturing the teenager on his language. So, Is that your three ghosts combined to make you? <laughs> I feel like this, if you told me this was like inside my own head, I'd be like, that works. That makes sense. Um, but it was really, it was really strange. The little, you'll little, be visited place, by a gold bar with Jared and O'Brien. The PlayStation's been turned off for 10 minutes, Max. You're just wearing the headset. Ah, my imagination. Uh, but this little kid is running around. Uh, and he's he, like, he sounds like one of the kindergartners on South Park or the first graders, or whatever, like oh, little, the, little, the really little kids. So he, yeah. he's and a he's, child. He's like, who got the music box? <laughs> Create the music box. Wait, aren't you supposed to be like 12 to use PSVR? Yeah, otherwise you, you, you go so. Apparently parents, some parents don't click all the fine print or whatever. And there's an option to be like, don't put me with the junior kids or whatever. Uh, but this child is just running around in VR and he's like, you want to see a secret? And I was like, what, what is it? And I like followed him. He's like, follow me. Me. And I was like, what are you, where are you taking me? And he takes me to this poster that says like ping pong on it. And he's like, put your head in there. And I was like, what head in the and, I, and I like, I go up to the poster and I stick my head and my head goes through the wall and there's a secret room full of giant trophies. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. And he's like running off and he's like, who has a music box? And he's just like <laughs> chasing after somebody. And I go over and the foul mouth teenager who the last time I checked was getting lectured by the southern adult man for saying the N word. 
And uh, again, it's, it's the internet. Dark. It's no, it's, it's yeah, it's terrible. And at this point, the 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 teenager is like, yeah, man, some of my some of my friends caught themselves, and the the guy's like, hey, man, that's that's no good. You gotta you gotta take care of yourself and stuff. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, where what is this place? Like, I'm in this virtual space where there are children and there are sad teenagers and there are like adult men being like, hey, don't don't hurt yourself. That's no good. And it's just everyone looks like a horrible melted Playmobil figurine. Good and I was Lord. like, and I was like. I gotta get the hell out of here. So I go into like kind of the room selection area thing, and I'm like, I gotta find uh, a, a cool room to hang out in. And, and you can kind of sort by like most most viewed, most voted, or whatever. And I see one that's called. It was like the most upvoted or whatever. And I go to it, and it's like this kind of hub area. And then there's this sort of almost uh, Mario 64 esque kind of like there are these these uh, like doors that have titles above them. And I think it's supposed to be like kind of like community chosen rooms. And I see one that's called Xeno Queen, and I'm like. <laughs> Maybe this isn't a good thing to go into in VR, but what the hey? Hell yeah. And I go in there and somebody has created this incredibly like it's a cross between the aliens colony, like the Whalen Utani reactor facility and an 80s laser tag arena. And there's this entirely like scratch built xenomorph queen and what? eggs and, f- and face huggers everywhere. But it's got that awful. Were you, fre- were you freaking out? I was and I was like, I was kind of freaking out because it was totally empty. There was no one there. And I guess you can use it to host laser tag matches and stuff, but there's no one there. So it's just me and this giant queen alien statue. And I'm like, what? I got to get I got to get the hell out of so here. So it's like when they go to like fake Coney Island in good time or something like that. Yes. It's like you... the, the park after hours. So I'm like, this is okay. like the best or worst D&D adventure I've ever been on. Dude, I mean, the fact that I was exploring foreign places in virtual reality was just blowing my mind. So I, I pulled up another place that was like the, the room that had the most players in it or whatever. And I go to it and it's called Suburbia. And the map is just it, – it actually kind of looked like South Park. It was just this suburban winter field. Like outside of a school, there's a house, there's a gazebo. And there's – in the far side of the field, there's this cluster of people. And they're all hanging out and they're kind of like – you can sort of fly if you screw around. There's all these weird kind of settings for people who want to do kind of more Minecrafty world building type of stuff. Uh, and these people are hanging out in this circle and I approach them – and they're all wearing really like really fancy clothes. Like they're all their avatars are all like tricked out and they all have they're all really high level. And I'm like, what are they doing? And I just hung out there and I eavesdropped for a while and I figured out that this is a group of really high level rec room players who wanted to start their own YouTube channel. And they were st- sitting around in a circle and they were brainstorming what they should call it. And at the same time, I think they wanted to start doing like rec room movies, like they wanted to do like kind of, you know, machinima type stuff. And then one of them just had this like paintball shotgun that he was just like firing in the air. And they were like, hey, man, hey, the shotgun, quit it, quit it. And the rest are like, should we call it like wreck and roll or like wreck advent tales of the rec room? What do you think about that? And I'm just like, you're snitching on their whole business model. I don't know. I don't know what they, what they settled on. And I'm just kind of like, I'm just sort of looking at them and I'm like, what are you guys doing? And so I bounced to another area and it's this whole sort of like, just playground. It's like a, it's just a virtual playground space. I am absolutely convinced the PlayStation's been off for 15 minutes at this point. You're just wearing the headset. Yeah, and, I mean, I've definitely I've gone into another another dimension, pretty much. This is um, amazing. I go to this other other place, and there's this this kind of crazy laser tag arena. There's kids running around zapping each other, but there's like no score, so everyone's just kind of screwing around. Okay. Um, and these kids are sort of sitting around. And I was like, "What do you?" I was like, "And it's it's awkward because you're you're mic'd up too." And I just go, "What are you guys? What are you guys doing? What are you guys up to?" And they were like. We're just hanging out, you know, not not much really. And I was like, "Are you guys like, are you guys like teenagers?" And they're like, they're all kind of like, "Yeah, you know." I'm like, I think one of them's like, "I'm like 11 or something." I'm like, "I'm like, all right." And they're like, "How old are you?" And I'm like, 
31. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like I'm just, it just, it's weird. I'm, I'm having an out of body experience and I'm in this like virtual play space. And this kid comes up to me and he goes, Hey, you want to go make a restaurant? And I'm like, what? Okay. Like, what are we doing? And I'm like, I, I, I'm like the whole time I'm like, this feels like a creepy thing to be doing, but I'm also like, I'm doing research for the a PlayStation show that I host. So, you know, uh, so I tag along with him and he takes me to this room and it's this big theater and he's like, all right, let's start putting out counters. And he goes to this like machine that like generates like Sims furniture or whatever. And he's like instructing me on how to arrange the furniture. And he's like, we got to put out stools. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like, I'm going to try to make a door. And then he's like, he's using VR, like the creator gun to make these like shapes. And he's like, I'm going to make a big door that goes into the back area. Can you hold it up for me so I can freeze it? And I'm basically helping this kid assemble virtual reality Ikea furniture. Oh, and then I'm just, I sort of get bored. And I go over and I take like the maker gun. You, and found, I start, your, you found your ghost son. <laughs> I, I found this, this ghost child. And the whole time I'm just sort of like, I don't know, like playing with this kid. And he's, I think he was, you know, probably like a teenager or whatever, but I was like, I go off and I start making weird shapes with the gun and I start making these giant pink cylinders and I'm like, these look like hot dogs. I think our restaurant's going to sell hot dogs. Oh. <laughs> I put up a picture here and then I wrote out big hot dogs and I got these like, and they're cut up for you in case yeah. you have small teeth. Yeah. And they're, they're huge. They're the size of, they're the size of like, of, of stools. They're just big hot dogs. And the kid's like, Hey, Hey, over here, over here. I need your help. And I'm like, what are you trying to do? And he's like, I'm trying to make this arrow float in space. And I'm like, Yo, dude, I gotta go eat dinner. <laughs> like, I gotta get, get out of here. And I just, I don't know. I took off my he- my headset, and I'm just like, suddenly I'm back in reality, and it's just, it's the first. What time, was that like? What was the bridge like there? Uh, it's the first time I've jumped back. I felt heavier. Everything felt so much heavier and so much like, and I'm suddenly I'm in my real kitchen with with real giant hot dogs and real floating. You're just like lifting and, stuff and, and just flying. In the I, I just like, I don't know. It was it was the first time that I've really completely felt like I was in another space. And it's it's funny because, you know, we talk about stuff like, I don't know, like The Matrix or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like William Gibson stuff or, or, I mean, Ready Player One, for instance. Sure. So it seems so kind of like late to the party now because we actually have that. Yeah. That sensation right. of going to this non-existent realm and being like, hi there. And someone else is like, hello. And then I'm like, I'm talking to another human being in a determinedly non-human space. And it was just, I don't know. It was, just, it was no, magical. I, it was, I, I, I'm with you there. Are you going back? I think so. Yeah. I got to sell those big hot dogs. Hell yeah. Well, and you talk about it being <laughs> They there, won't man. cut themselves up. <laughs> yes, it's here. But 99% of the people in the world haven't experienced it yet. And that's, yeah. that's the part that uh, it really is amazing to be around somebody that first goes through this. I, I got to walk around with a, a HoloLens on around the office a couple of years ago. And – it, it still it changed the way I think about the world. I mean, it is it is messed with me to this day uh, because I it was amazing and insightful and incredible. But what's possible? What I thought was possible, I was like, wow, no, I, I the world will be a fundamentally different place in ten years yeah. than it is now because of things like PSVR and, and Hololens and, and these emergent technologies and. Some of that's going to be great and some of it's going to be terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think uh, of the leap from that first time you went in like an AOL chat room and, and talked to strangers to suddenly you've got Facebook groups on your phone where you're talking to people who you consider friends mm-hmm. in real life, even though you never met them. And it's like that kind of creepy normalcy of just stuff like that. And to be like, mm-hmm. I made giant hot dogs with a strange boy in cyberspace. your ghost boy. My ghost friend. I really, I, I really appreciate that story because for, you know, for all the, the negative ends of it and horrible things people are saying, uh, showing one side of, of what's possible, but also the fact that 
people were trying to get real afterward and be like, oh, wait a minute, there's, mm-hmm. there's something else. All the way up to the optimism of let's build a restaurant, let's go build a xenomorph chamber. You know, I, yeah. I want to go build a big xenomorph chamber in some imaginary place. I'll never be able to, to do it in my apartment here I mean, in San Francisco. The, but the, the, the problem is all the dudes that go into that game and they're like, that's cool. I'll build a restaurant. Where's your real house? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and well, those guys, that. that's like the ones that mess we're up. almost past that point where there's enough sort of common sense about internet etiquette that people don't really do that and now it's more like and i, I realized this thing about it like some guy was like he comes up and you high five people to friend them mm-hmm. like you do like a physical high five to virtually friend somebody uh he did that and i i like i like rejected him and he's like oh you don't want to be my friend and i was like i i kind of i just i got enough i got enough friends man like well, I, 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 I was like i was turning down this internet stranger not out of fear of of some internet stranger but because i have enough social obligations and i was like that's too much stress for me i i don't i don't want to be your friend in the virtual reality there's a pedagogist named peter elbow who says that he believes that uh, learning is an inherently violent process that anytime we learn something there's violence in it uh, because learning disturbs us learning upsets things and uh that you know that's a philosophical idea it has its positives and negatives but i do think with virtual reality and this kind of communication Violence in the disruptive sense is going to be a part of it. You talked about, hey, people that are going to exploit this. Yes, because we're all learning to use this together. And as our culture adapts to it, there will be violence. There will be strangeness. There will be abuse. There will be terrible things that happen. And there will also be discovery and wonder and new avenues for artistic expression that open up. Because that's what happens when you create something completely new. We don't do that very often. And when it happens, it's invariably in the least Silicon Valley way possible disruptive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Rec Room, (laughs) available now on PSN. You can play it with your PlayStation VR. And you can check out my funky hot dog restaurant. I think we spelled it Restaurant because, I I don't know, he's like 12. I don't know. He didn't know how to spell restaurant. Um, All right. So uh, real quick, I want to plug Dice. That is the Design, Innovate, Communicate, Entertain uh, Summit that happens. A bunch of video game executives are all hanging out in Vegas. That's where Marty and Goldfarb are right now. They're going to be, I don't know, interviewing people and schmoozing and whatnot. Uh, IGN is going to be streaming stuff that they're doing over there. Um, That is, uh, let's see, that is tomorrow, February 21st, starting at 9.45 a.m. Pacific time, ending 10 p.m. Pacific time. There's going to be the Dice Summit and then a Quake Live tournament. And then there's the Dice Awards, which are Thursday night, 8 p.m. Pacific to 9.30 p.m. Pacific time. I love there's a Quake Live tournament in there. Yeah. That makes me so happy. I just love that a bunch of like video game executives are like, let's go to Vegas and play Quake. Let's do it. I'm great with that. Um, I love that idea. mm -hmm. Jared, uh, one more time, can you plug your show? Yeah, absolutely. Always happy to plug. Hot Blip and a Jump. You can find it on YouTube on our Pockets Full of Soup channel. You can find it at Hot Jump.com. You can find it on my Twitter, which is Petty Comma Jared. It's worth your time. It's worth a look. Uh, if you want to support it, um, the only way a project like this can exist, this isn't something that ad-supported media is going to work for. This is a the kind of project that needs direct crowdfunding. So I'm going to PBS you here. If you can drop me a buck on Patreon uh, or more, uh, I'd appreciate it. The rewards are pretty good. It's patreon.com slash Jared Petty. And One of those the rewards is actually if you reach a certain goal, you will shave your beard. Is that well, correct? that's a very silly reward. But, yes, if we is, somehow get real? there. That's real. If, 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 that's like a very high reward. But, yeah, that's the most youth group reward I could have come up with. Don't, but, don't do that. Well, I've never shaved my beard. I, I've had it for 19 years. It is older. Like I've had my beard longer than I have it. I've never shaved it off. I grew up my freshman year of college. I love it. But if you want to see – my weird left butt cheek face underneath here. We I'm trying to picture it. Honestly, you know what it is <laughs> here. Watch there this. Are, watch this. Yeah. Just picture only like picture a picture of his head from up here, but upside down. <laughs> there are more worthwhile goals along the way, but yes, yeah, so the campaign started while well. people have showed extraordinary generosity, and I know there are so many places that you can that you can give your money right now, and, and that it's a world of, of creative endeavors. I do think this one's worth it. I think if you look at the product, you'll see that it's something 
pretty darn unique, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. something that I think it, no, the Jared, world's a little do, better place. You do now. good stuff, and yeah, uh, we both jumped on your voice. show, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming by and, and jumping on here. I miss this. I love yeah. doing this. And we love like, you too. And by the, you know, by the way, likewise, it, it, it's uh, you heard of, I heard a weird heat. What is that? Oh, this old thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, Brian and I just started a new show. It's called Weird Heat. It's YouTube.com slash Weird Heat or Patreon.com slash Weird Heat. Go check it out if you want. You really uh, should because Try not to plug it too much. Plugging stuff is a horrible thing, so I don't, you know, we don't want to do it too much. Uh, you should watch Weird Heat. You really should. It, it's something completely we, different than you've seen before. We have, that's true. Yeah. Wait till you check out our second episode. It's all about disappointment. Uh, Jared, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love having I, you. There, this is home. You know, yeah. this is, uh, this is, this is where I belong. Oh. Uh, doing this kind of silliness with y'all. And uh, thank you for and letting me be your adorable, you, uh, really old kid brother. Are you now a, a regular over on Kind of Funny? Uh, yeah, I'm over at Kind of Funny Games Daily now uh, on Thursdays. I'm also the new uh, host of the kind of or new third host of the Kind of Funny Games Cast. Uh, and uh, that is a fantastic opportunity. Oh, I'm so excited about it because I love the stuff that they make. Uh, so yeah, I'll be back on uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily Thursday and Friday this week. Then regular Thursdays starting every week after that, and I'll be on Gamescast every week uh, talking about the games we love. Beautiful. Uh, I hope that y'all stop by because likewise those nice boys and girls do some good stuff that's a good show i just did i did that show three weeks ago with uh tim we did a one-on-one it was really really fun that is a great episode thank you you are fantastic on the episode it's 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 a kind of a a biography of your your life that i really yeah i agree that i'm a great man with good things to say sometimes huge muscles that's an excellent standout episode it was cool i got sexiest dude trophy for that all right okay (laughs) anyway there's the plugs hope y'all are still listening you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle, and Jared is Petty, Jared. Head over to YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond and go subscribe to that channel where we're putting up some very bad questions from you, the viewers. I did a yawn, and then it, I turned into like a growl to hide yeah, it. That's the end of the, okay. uh, the show, the, the end. Beyond. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.